Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers won a game against the D-backs that had a little bit of everything. Great starting pitching, lousy relief pitching. Dodgers threw out a Diamondbacks base stealer. Corbin Carroll, the fastest guy in the world, hit into a double play in the game. All sorts of craziness, plenty to talk about. Plus, J.D. Martinez is hurt again or still or something. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Julio being lights out in this game. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Semperio. We are doing a split episode today, so I'll be with you for the first half of the episode. Vince will finish it up in a little bit. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter pro- promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And, uh, another thing I'll promise you is that, uh, we got a good episode on top for you because the Dodgers had a good game. They were up four to nothing on the D-backs. Julio pitched great. Vince is going to talk about Julio's performance in the last segment of this episode. Uh, so I won't touch too much on Julio other than say he threw six scoreless innings and looked really, really good. Uh, and the Dodgers offense did enough. They, they scored four runs uh, with Julio in the game and they were up four to nothing. And then the bullpen came in. Ryan Brazier did really well in the seventh inning, but Alex Vesia. Two of the three batters he faced got on base, and then Bruce Dargratterall came in, didn't allow any of his own runs, but he did allow both of Vesia's inherited runners to score. Uh, so those runs are charged to Vesia. It's one of the reasons that Gratterall, even though his ERA has been sparkling all season, between inherited runners and uh, quite a few unearned runs scoring, which, you know, both of those things, it's like if Bruce Dar had more swing and miss, like – I've said it before, I'll say it again. A guy who throws 100 and has good breaking stuff and his fastball has good movement, he ought to be striking out more guys than he is. And the problem is weak contact. And so he got some weak contact. Tommy Pham just poked a base hit to right field. Uh, Christian Walker bloops in a base hit to center field. Not hit very hard, but hit a lot harder than a swing and miss. And so that's what they need from Gratterall. And and I don't know how they're ever going to get it. I've, I've shared this theory before, uh, but it's been a while. I think, um, I think it has to do with perceived velocity. You know, the fact that we watch people always marvel, wow, it looks like he's just not even thrown very hard. And part of the reason it looks like that is because he doesn't stride very far. Uh, he really is effortless, but the problem is by not striding very far, the ball is probably a foot and a half, two feet farther away from the batter when he releases it than when a guy like Aroldis Chapman does. And so while Aroldis Chapman's 100 miles an hour plays up to 103, I think Gratterall's 100 plays down to 95. And 95, 96 doesn't get a ton of swing and miss these days. Uh, And so I don't know if there's a fix for that because 
you know, who knows what messing with his mechanics would do, trying to get him to stride farther when he's pitching might break other stuff. I don't know. And, and he's mostly effective, but in this situation, the Dodgers really could have used some swing and miss and he wasn't able to give it to him. He did get them out of that inning. So it was 42 after that. Uh, the Dodgers tacked on another run in the top of the ninth, another hit from Mookie Betts. Mookie had two RBI hits, uh, just looked great. His, his double, uh, RBI double earlier in the game, it was the 11th pitch of the at bat. And you could just tell that, uh, the pitcher for the D backs last name is fought. What was his first name? Brandon. Maybe you could tell he didn't, he didn't have anything to get Mookie out. Mookie ripped two foul balls off the netting down the line. He had another foul ball that would have been a home run if it was 15 feet to the right, uh, before finally ripping a double to the gap to drive in a run. Uh, Mookie just dominated that at bat. And, and I think that one at bat was enough to tell Tori Lavolo, okay, I think my rookie pitcher is about done. And, um, you know, he didn't pull him out soon enough. Freddie Freeman followed it up with a double. Uh, anyway, so Mookie had another RBI single in the ninth inning to make it five to two. And Evan Phillips came in, sweet three three runs, no problem, easy save. Not quite so easy. Um, he he walks a dude with one out, and then Alec Thomas hits a triple to drive him in. So it's five to three. And then uh, Ketel Marte gets a base hit to drive in Thomas. So it's five to four. With Corbin Carroll coming up, Corbin Carroll's been their best player all year. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He he was a MVP contender. I don't think he's really in the contention for that anymore. Super super fast, and so it's like, man, you really could go for a double play here, but not with not with Corbin Carroll up. And he hits a chopper to Freddie Freeman, and Freeman goes to second for the force out. Uh, but luckily, Corbin Carroll didn't run because he thought the ball was foul. And so by the time he ran, the Dodgers had plenty of time. Miguel Rojas just took his time returning the throw back to Freddie. And boom, game over, double play, all because, you know, bad base running. Uh, honestly, you, you you can't let the umpire make that decision. When you have Corbin Carroll speed, you need to be using it. Every time you hit the ball anywhere close to fair, you're running until somebody tells you to stop. And uh, and he didn't do that. And Freeman, for a second watching it live, I thought Freeman might have caught a glimpse of, of Carroll not running, and that's why he went to second first and because he was somewhat close to the bag. So could have maybe stepped on the bag and then tried to go for the tag play at second. Uh, but more I thought about it, and then Freddie confirmed after the game, talking to the reporters, he didn't see Carroll. He was going to second off the bat with the force play no matter what because Marte represented the tying run. And so the main goal there was don't let Marte get second base. Uh, you know, it would have been interesting if if Carroll had run and beat out the throw to first because then Carroll likely would have stolen second base. Like it, it's a huge huge play there for Carroll not to run because with his speed, he's a game changer and uh, yeah, crazy way to end the game. And, you know, Evan Phillips had an uncharacteristically bad game. I think they said this is the first time all year he's been scored on in back-to-back appearances, which, you know, that's good that it's the first time all year. Hopefully we can break that streak next time he pitches Uh, his stuff's still really good. It's just, you know, probably just a, a little slump. Uh, nothing to be too concerned about at this point. It does kind of underscore the fact, though, that pitchers have bad days, and the only way a manager can avoid that is to get his time machine and never bring in a pitcher who is going to give up runs. Uh, but, you know, that's not always possible. Time machines aren't always reliable. Uh, but the Dodgers won the game, and that puts them now – the Gi- Giants lost, the Padres lost, so the Dodgers now five games up on the D- uh, on the Giants – 10 games up on the D-backs and 12 games up on the Padres. Uh, and yeah, all in all, 
starting to take control in the division. Obviously, they need to finish off this series today and then four-game series with the Rockies that hopefully they can dominate. I'm going to come back in a second. I'm going to talk about J.D. Martinez, who was originally in the starting lineup for this game and then was a late scratch because of the same issues he's been having. We'll talk all about that and what I think the Dodgers ought to do and what Dave Roberts had to say about it. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they make you look good. Look, uh, they've got stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg. They give you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts. Most khaki shorts are made of like a stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs said, we don't like that. Let's invent our own fabric. So they invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I've mentioned this before a couple of year, a uh, couple of weeks ago, no, a couple of months ago now, when my daughter graduated from high school, uh, I told my 16 year old son, dress nice for the graduation. You know, don't got to put on a shirt and tie, but I want you to look nice. And he put on his bird dog shorts and a, and a polo shirt. And he looked primo, looked awesome. These shorts that he loves wearing because they're so comfortable. He's worn them hiking. He's worn them everywhere. And he wore them when I told him to dress nice for something and he got away with it. That's how nice these bird dog shorts are. So if you haven't tried them out, you really should go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just launch the app, search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this show on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. I want to thank you uh, for being an everydayer. If you're everydayer, we love our everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's easy to join the club. Just watch or listen every day. Uh, we love talking Dodgers with you, and we really appreciate all of you. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. Vince will give you all that contact info at the end. One little tip. Uh, we mention all the time that our DMs are open in all the places on Twitter uh, or the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, it's since TweetDeck died, Vince and I both have a harder time checking the DMs on the Locked on Dodgers account. So if you're DMing, I would just recommend DM Vince or me directly or both of us directly. Do a group DM. Uh, it, we'll see it more quickly that way. We still do check the the, the Locked on Dodgers one, but mostly when we're about to do a mailbag episode or whatever, we may not get to them as quickly uh, otherwise. So anyway, just a, just a thought there. So J.D. Martinez was in the original starting lineup for the Dodgers at DH, like he always is, and uh, and he was a late scratch, just you know, hour or less from the start of the game. He was scratched from the lineup because of the same lingering issues. They said a hamstring and gro- groin tightness. You know, it's been said to be in his back sometimes. Like nobody really knows what's going on. But uh, so Kike Hernandez was inserted in the lineup. They moved Muncie to DH and, and put Kike in the lineup, put him at third base. Ended up working out well. Kike drove in the first run with a double, um, played good defense. So uh, not the end of the world. But as far as 
JD goes, Dave Roberts said after the game that JD is heading back to LA for an MRI, uh, which, you know, no reason not to go back to LA. He, if he wasn't going to play today, cause the team heads home after Wednesday's game uh, to start the series with the Rockies. So, uh, so JD is getting an MRI and Robert said he doesn't think it's an IL situation. Um, they're hoping that an injection will get things cleared up for the rest of the season. I don't think I'm alone in thinking that maybe they should just put him on the IL. Like even if the injection helps a lot, let him rest it too. injection and rest for, for a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, Cause they've got two guys in the minor leagues right now. Miguel Vargas and Michael Bush have both been in the big leagues at times. Vargas obviously spent most of the, you know, the first half of the season in the big leagues. Bush didn't get as much of a chance. He only got 51 plate appearances in the big leagues. Uh, They're both hitting really, really well in the minors at AAA. Miguel Vargas is batting 296. He has a 938 OPS. Uh, He has uh, 11 extra base hits, six doubles and, and five homers and only 104 plate appearances. So, I mean, he is playing really well. Michael Bush is hitting even better. Michael Bush, in 373 plate appearances, is batting 321, has a 1019 OPS, uh, just dominating. 19 homers, 22 doubles, three triples, uh, having a great, great season at AAA. And like, if JD with – the Dodgers need JD in the postseason, and so – if there's any chance that two weeks off would help him be fresher and be more healthy for the postseason, it seems worth it to give one of these guys a chance. Uh, and, and I don't know, like Bush obviously has earned it more with his performance. He's hitting better at AAA. Uh, Vargas is a a slightly better prospect probably, although Bush is a, a top prospect too. Uh, and the, the big thing is Vargas bats right-handed. And so does J.D. Martinez. Martinez plays against all pitchers, uh, but, you know, if they want to replace a righty with a righty. I haven't looked at the the Rockies' probables. Uh, I assume Austin Gomber will be one of the pitchers for the Rockies in that series, and he's left-handed. I don't actually have any idea who else starts for the Rockies, but, you know, that's something the Dodgers might take into consideration looking at who's going to be starting against them in the next little bit. Uh, but seems like, the, that roster spot would be better used giving one of those guys another shot in the big leagues instead of uh, having Martinez sitting on the bench for the next three or four days or whatever it's going to be while the, while the injection takes, you know, takes hold and he rests and whatever to get back to ready. And obviously Dave Roberts and the Dodgers and the training staff know JD Martinez better than I do. They know his situation better than I do. And the fact that Roberts said that it's probably not an IL situation doesn't actually mean it's not an IL situation. Doesn't even mean that Dave Roberts thinks it's not an IL situation. It means that's what Dave Roberts told the media. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes Dave Roberts isn't totally forthcoming with the media when talking about uh, injuries. And so who knows what the actual situation is, but, from where I sit and from what I can see while maintaining the humility to recognize that people with more information might make better decisions than me from my seat. It seems like time to call up either Bush or Vargas and give them a chance to take that roster spot. I think, you know, both of them could have some success in the big leagues, help the team win. And, and, you know, 
who knows if those guys are going to be needed in the postseason. You never know what's going to happen with injuries or whatever. And so getting those guys get their major league confidence back could be very useful in the future. Uh, even if it is just up for a couple of weeks and then sent back down, still could be useful in the future. So that's my thoughts on the J.D. Martinez situation. Obviously, I hope he feels better. Uh, I, I want him to be healthy and productive in the postseason. That's the most important thing to me. That's where all of this is coming from. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, we may have more information on what they're going to do with J.D. Martinez, or at least shortly after you listen to this. Uh, maybe it really is not an IL situation, but if he's getting an MRI first thing Wednesday morning, you know, by Wednesday at lunchtime, the Dodgers might have a pretty good idea what's going on, and maybe it is an IL situation. So we'll see. But uh, those are my thoughts on J.D. Love to hear your thoughts. Um Last thing I want to talk about before I turn over to Vince really quick is just the standings. I mentioned the National League West standings, um, which is the important thing. Uh, Dodgers kind of taking control there. But the wild card standings is fun to look at just because of the rivalries. You know, the Giants right now currently hold the second wild card spot, actually tied for the for the top wild card spot. They're tied with the Phillies at 62 and 52. Uh, and the Giants and Phillies are both three games ahead of the Cubs and Reds who are tied for that third and final wild card spot. Then you have the Marlins half a game behind them. And then the D-backs a game and a half behind them. And then the Padres. Uh, yeah. So the Padres are four games out of the last wild card spot, but still uh, three, four teams they'd need to leapfrog like we talked about yesterday. So uh, it's, it's a rough time. Padres have now lost three in a row. D-backs have lost seven in a row. Uh, the Giants have only lost one in a row uh, because they had to come back when against the, the Angels on Monday. But all in all, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, there are more teams in contention than there are spots for. Like you've got, if you count the Padres, that's seven teams who think they have a legitimate shot at one of the three wildcard spots. And that means four teams are going to be disappointed. And we can cross our fingers and hope that the that the Giants and D-backs and Padres are all on that disappointed list. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, the Dodgers do have uh, more games against the Padres later this year. They can help knock them out some more. They have more against the Giants. So, uh, yeah, that's the standings. I, I thought it was interesting, worth taking a look at. Anyway, Vince is going to talk about the uh, Julio and his start. He was awesome. He looked great, and, and Vince is going to tell you all about that. So I'm going to take off and Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want a chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is the perfect app for the Dodgers, specifically Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman because of what they're doing on a nightly basis right now. And if you check out the Sleeper app and you try to make these picks, uh, you can make up to eight picks, but you can make just up to two picks um, and, and try to get some money there. If you look right here on the screen, you you know, you make your picks, you pick your stat over, under, uh, depending on you know what you believe. And obviously the more, you know, the higher you pick, the, the more money you're, you're able to win out. But, Freddie and, and Mookie are perfect for this because, you know, you think Freddie is going to get a hit and Mookie's going to get a hit, well, you put them up there. You think Freddie's going to homer or Mookie's going to homer, you can put them up there. Uh, you know, you think they're going to not strike out, then, you know, you don't put it, you, you put strikeouts uh, on the lower number. 
and obviously you can do this with any players for any teams, but I think if you want to just consistently try to win some money, hitting the overs on some Mookie and Freddie bets is the best way to go about it. And you can do that with the Sleeper app. So go check it out right now. And remember, when you get the Sleeper app, use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Vince here to close out the episode. Here to talk Julio, but first a reminder that if you want to listen to the Dodgers home broadcast for any game because you can't watch the game, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search for Dodgers. You can also find us on there if you search for Lockdown Dodgers. So go check that out. But Julio Rodriguez had a great start last night, went six innings, didn't allow a run, just four hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. It was great to see him you know be able to have a successful start uh he got some good swings and misses he you know you you look at kind of what he did yesterday and you know obviously smaller sample size one game he threw the four seam fastball a little bit more than he's done it on the year uh velocity wise he was around the same average he did top out at 94.5 which is good to see uh slurve change up cutter all that the biggest difference with yesterday than he's kind of had most of the year is the swing and miss on the changeup. And that's where, you know, he's going to be able to get back to the Julio he, he was. Because, you know, fastball, we talked about pitch location with Julio a lot earlier this season. And, you know, the fastball, he was seemingly leaving it over the plate a little bit or or more so than usual. And, and he actually did kind of pepper the – strike zone with with fastballs yesterday he was you know a little, little bit lower in the zone wasn't as up in the zone as he normally is with his fastballs he still had some but not as many as he normally does he he lived a little bit more lower in the zone but you look at some of these changeups that he threw last night and you know only one changeup was fully in the strike zone uh he had a few changeups that that so he had he threw 16 changeups only one was fully in the strike zone. A couple touched the strike zone, but he had four swing, eleven swings, and four swings and misses on those changeups. So, you know, clearly it was working because if you throw sixteen pitches, only one of them is fully in the strike zone, but you get eleven swings on those sixteen pitches. You know, you're doing something right, especially you're getting four swings and misses. Uh, you know, and, and a few foul balls, whatever the case. That works out. That works out for the Dodgers. The slurve was there as well. Um, You know, he got a few swings and misses there. It it wasn't anything groundbreaking in terms of swings and misses. He had 12 total. It wasn't, you know, obviously he didn't rack up the strikeouts, just the five strikeouts. But for Julio and what we've seen so far this season, it's obviously a step in the right direction. He got through that first inning without any runs. I think that was a big confidence boost. And, you know, he went to his stuff and he used what he's, you know, he used what he has. He didn't change up anything too much in terms of game plan. Um, but I think he was just a little bit more in command of his stuff. And, and like I said, we're getting that fastball in the lower part of the zone. He definitely felt comfortable with it. And, you know, with the spin that he generates, obviously the fastball up in the zone plays well, but getting those guys lower in the zone, 
um, also helps with, with, you know, fastball, especially if they think it's going to be a ball and he, you know, throws it in there for a strike. So it was good for Julio. This is now back-to-back starts where he's looked a little bit better. It's, you know, the thing with him is his season numbers are no longer going to look that great. He's got a 4.39 ERA right now with two months or just well under two months to go, you know, probably six, seven more starts. He'd have to go scoreless pretty much in all those starts to get his ERA back to, you know, what, we, what we're used to seeing from him. But now six innings this time, no runs, five innings last time, no runs. You know, six innings the time before with the three runs. So that's three sh- or two of the last three quality starts. Uh, last time he just, you know, couldn't get that extra inning going. But this is what we want to see out of Julio. And, and you know, this is what we can expect out of him. It's tough to kind of be like, you know, we expect to see the Julio we've seen the last couple of years, which is a Cyan candidate. But if with the Dodgers, you know, throw all that away, they can just get what he did last night, which is, you know, six innings, limited runs, uh, get some swing and misses, get the change of diving, you know, being able to play off his other pitches, you know, establishing that cutter that he now has as well. That's what you can, you know, expect from the Dodgers. And that's what the Dodgers need because they, they right now heading into October, you don't necessarily have all the inspired confidence in this starting rotation between you know, Kershaw and who knows how the shoulder is going to hold up and between Julio and, you know, having a rough season, you know, Bobby Miller's young, you don't exactly know what you're going to get. Lance Lance still gives up too many home runs, even though he's pitched better since he came to the Dodgers. There's a lot of question marks. And if Julio can try to start erasing that question mark, that is him, you know, you feel a lot better going into the postseason knowing you have a guy that's been, good in the postseason a guy that has been a Cy Young candidate the last few years ready to go and obviously he's still trying to build himself up you know like I said the overall season numbers aren't going to look that great uh he has nine and six so like you know if you believe in wins he could still get to you know 13 14 15 wins if he pitches very well these last few times but he's still pitching you know for himself in order to get his money and his contract up for, or, you know, his next contract up for next season, whether that's with the Dodgers or not, you know, Julio's still looking for that. So it was a solid night. I would like, you know, I'm not going to declare Julio back yet, but I would like to see it maybe a couple more times uh, before we can fully declare that Julio's back. But it was a step in the right direction and obviously big for the Dodgers to be able to get that because the bullpen, as Jeff talked about, struggled a little bit. And if they would have to throw more innings, who knows how that would have gone. So solid match for Julio. Uh, real quick, we talked about Hun Suk Jang. Uh, the Dodgers were close to signing him. It looks like all reports say the Dodgers have signed him for $900,000. He's a 19-year-old, uh, has touched at least 97, sits 92, 95, has a bunch of off-speed pitches. Um, Kylie McDaniel one of the prospect guys, he compared him to maybe a second or third round pick in an MLB draft. So getting that type of guy for 900000 seems like a benefit. Um, you know, he would probably come over, spend some time in the minors, and hopefully come up and, and help the Dodgers out. So exciting stuff to look forward to for the Dodgers, not just with Julio, but also with, you know, Hunsuk Jang. 
So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every day. And the easiest way to help yourself listen every day is by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Lockdown Dodgers. Remember, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. As he mentioned, the DMs are open on all the accounts, but it might be easier to DM us personally. Uh, if you have a question, comment, or concern, you can always do that. Or you can send us an email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 323-863-LOCK. That's 5625. And a reminder, the home broadcast for any Dodger game is available on SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers. It's also another way to listen to us if you search Lockdown Dodgers. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, Hey, Smart Device Play Podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. Have a good one.